This is Performance Deliver, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success podcast. We talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, we're going to talk about AI and how agencies and media companies can use it to improve several areas of their business. Here to speak with me about the topic is Ben Breen, who's the founder and chairman of Canary, an award-winning reputation management solution company for professionals, brands, and enterprises. Ben has worked for numerous marketing holding companies and held different leadership roles at Publicist, Dansu, and IPG. He was inducted into the Advertising Hall of Achievement in 2010. Ben, great to have you on the show. Great to be here. Ben, as mentioned a second ago, you have worked for a number of big marketing holding companies, helping Fortune 100 companies succeed. How did you start your career in advertising? Uh, so the, 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 the kind of the real professional story really started uh, with me uh, joining WPP on a, kind of a grandiose uh, training program that they set up called the WPP Fellowship. And uh, uh, it was something that they offered to um, to students, mostly graduate students um, coming out of college. They were trying to compete with the consultancies and the banks. And uh, it was a great, actually, probably the best training program anyone could dream of. They they dropped you into um, the, the various WPP agencies. They own Ogilvy and J. Walter Thompson and obviously several others. And um, they dropped me in to, to uh, one of their agencies. Um, I worked there for a year uh, in essentially kind of a mid-level role right off the bat. Uh, I, they then sent me to Asia uh, worked uh, in Spain and Italy for them. It was it was a spectacular learning uh, experience and uh, really kind of gave me a very kind of uh, perspective, an integrated marketing perspective at an early stage of my career. So as an advertising executive, you got to spot new trends and ahead of the masses to be able to offer them to your clients and partners. When did you start to look into AI as a solution that could help agencies and media companies in different areas of their business? That's a great question. Um, you know, Stefan, you and I have crossed paths in our career uh, when I was I was running one of the IPG agencies, Reprise. And, um, you know, one of the things that we were working on at IPG and I was part of the team that launched was uh, creating the one of the first programmatic buying groups called Cadreon. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the movement towards programmatic buying was very much one of uh, driving to uh, greater efficiencies, handling uh, more and more uh, kind of um, niche complexities, you know, very kind of minute complexities and bringing it all together. And, um, and I think that the programmatic era is obviously still full tilt. I think we're still kind of learning and building uh, there. Um, but this kind of just a simplistic rush for efficiencies uh, off of kind of old kind of display media, we certainly have, that's certainly run its course. And so that it's, it's evolved into now handling all different types of media and it's becoming more and more complex. And so um, I I started to get interested in machine learning 
really uh, actually more, I would say, over the last three or four years, not that long, um, as I I realized that marketing and media was kind of, um, it was going to get so compli- complicated that that an individual uh, on on their own could not manage the, the the level of 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 complexity and the dimensions of the business, and I I I also started to think about it in an area that's a little bit outside of media, which was creativity. Um, you know, if you look at reports uh, that come out of let's say you know organizations like the World Economic Forum. Uh, you know, back in 2015, you know, they talked about the top 10 skills that were needed for executives to succeed in business. And, uh, you know, the number one skill trait was uh, to be able to be someone who could be a complex problem solver. Second most powerful trait was to be able to coordinate with others. Third most important trait was people management. Um and way down the list at number 10 in 2015 was creativity. Now we look at it today in 2019 and 2020. Complex problem solving still remains right at the top, but there nestled in the third position is creativity. And I think the reason why I think uh, the topic of AI and machine learning and creativity is particularly interesting is that that's when – when machines start to mess around with creativity, that's when people be uncomfortable because that seems to be like a very personal area that we as humans seem to think that we have uh, kind of the lock hold on. So it's, um, it's, 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 it was for me to try to understand that um, certainly Canary has developed a kind of a machine learning layer in its capabilities. It's very primitive at this stage. It's really kind of, uh, we use it today for title tagging of uh, content that comes from kind of uh, online publications. Uh, but we're also exploring essentially machine learning as, as a um, almost like a first draft writer for some of the content that we create. So when you, when you talk about creativity, you're not only talking about the visual creative of, of ad units and things like that. No. Um, no, I mean, I think that probably the stuff that I was initially most interested in was um, trying to understand, um, you know, first of all, just like articles. Could an article be put together uh, through machine learning? And then um, I got I was very interested, you know, McCann Erickson in Japan um, about three years ago now created an ad it's actually for, for uh, Mondelez, for one of the Mondelez brands. And um, the idea basically was um, they actually briefed in a system, like gave it a creative brief, and then asked it to formulate like the idea of what an ad, like a TV ad, a script would look like. And, um, and then they made the ad. <laughs> and it's uh it's a crazy ad you should i'll, I'll mm-hmm. definitely send it to you stefan or or to uh to our listeners they can uh, go and look it up um yeah please it uh they they ran a contest uh between uh, an ad made by a very famous uh producer a cinematic producer and uh 
and this robot to see you know what, what could be made at that stage or at this stage of AI a lot of the stuff is is either nonsensical or it's so targeted and pres- prescriptive that um, you know the stuff that's made is either like an exact copy because a uh, system's been trained to do that or um, in the case of this particular piece that I'm talking about it's just it just grabbed everything. Like I think one of the things that must have been briefed in was this is for you know millennials and and you know for things that millennials like. And so the ad basically just has you know rocket ships and giant panda bears and all the things that I guess Japanese millennials like. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's crazy. And that sounds like a crazy ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely take a look at it. Yeah. You know, before we dive deeper into the topic, I I wanted to kind of frame it. So people seem to use AI and machine learning interchangeably, but is it really the same? And if not, what is the difference? Um, You know, I I would say, you know, so I'm working, the reason why I'm particularly interested in it right now is uh, in in uh, at the end of September, I'm submitting uh, my dissertation on the topic of um, essentially artificial inta- intelligence and and advertising. And so I've been uh, w- what I've been trying to understand is you know where are we today as an industry, and um, you know how are things being utilized today. And one of the things that I I looked at was that that very question, which is. You know, how do you define things? Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in, in general terms, um, you know, they're, 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 the artificial intelligence is, you know, kind of described as, you know, an intelligent machine that acts as a rational agent that perceives its environment ar- around it. That's a kind of a, a, a way of generally uh, outlining kind of artificial intelligence. Machine learning is essentially, I would say, a subset of, of that. Machine learning is kind of how all that really happens, right? And, mm-hmm. and um, so, yes, it gets kind of used interchangeably. Um, I think that's fine, to be perfectly honest, for, for most, most of the things that happen in, you know, in our industry. Um, uh, but certainly when we when I surveyed about this and I, I, I don't want to kind of uh, you know outline too much of the stuff that we that I have coming out in, at the end of September but um, there was vast vast confusion and very little agreement on what artificial intelligence or machine learning w- were in any way so <laughs> so so I think that as an industry we have, what we're still at that stage of AI for some people is the scary robots that you see in a Terminator movie um, or a Schwarzenegger movie um, to uh, you know to the to AI being a chatbot that you see in Facebook right it, it's really mm-hmm. de- defined uh, in so many different ways. Um, but uh, but I, I would say kind of like I see AI is almost like a, a loose, broad term that would include um, almost like all forms of of uh, artificial intelligence, you know, kind of. So there's this the whole area of artificial general intelligence, which is like when you actually could create a robot or something that actually truly thinks 
And then, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the components of machine learning, which is very much geared towards like if you train, if you train a computer and you show them a million pictures of dogs, then it will know the next picture is a dog. You just said, and I think we talked about it leading up to the postcode uh, podcast, that you just finished your research, your dissertation yes. on how agencies and media companies use AI. Um, and you just mentioned one thing about what you found out. What are the other yeah. things you found out? Are there some glaring information or some, some, some snippets that you're like, wow, I didn't think that, for example, AI wasn't uh, used that much or that... that Yeah, broadly speaking, um, I looked at about 12 different areas. Um, mm. One was the idea of a collective definition uh, for AI. Um, as I outlined, there really was absolutely no collective de- definition. Um, of the, I think, the, the five options we gave, it was literally like 20% across each one. Um, we, sur- we surveyed several thousand executives in the marketing industry. Um, the knowledge of AI uh, across the board for anyone outside of, outside of like the areas of being a data scientist um, or, a, or, a, a, or some level of a computer scientist um, was, was extremely limited. Um, mostly still very much in kind of like the flippant oh yeah well we'll be run by robots someday you know just not not really an understanding of of what it what it was Mm -hmm. um the uh there was no tremendous understanding of um how ai was going to impact the organization the organizational structure of work and uh, that's kind of was one of the things that i I found it kind of interesting that at this stage, um, you know, AI has been around, actually. There has been machine learning in play in a lot of areas of media and marketing. It is actually already influencing the structure of businesses. Um, And yet there didn't seem to be uh, any um, active planning going on in terms of organizational structure in AI. Um, In terms of jobs, um, there was a very dismissive attitude that jobs could ever do what uh, marketing people did. Um, so that, that, that machines could do what mar- that marketing executives did. There very much was a thought that um, with repetitive tasks, machines could support, but um, certainly not one of... Uh, But not not an area where um, uh, you know that people were fearful. They they actually felt that the marketing area would be one of the last areas to change. And in fact, because um, because ninety five percent of all um, data scientists and uh, programmers that are working in the space are actually working at Google and Facebook right now. Um, um, you know, it, and that's not a, an exaggeration. Um, you know, they basically have bought all the talent. Um, you know, strangely enough, you know, our AI, the first areas of AI are, are, are pretty much being driven by the, the, the needs and the plans of those two companies. And so, strangely enough, those two companies are very focused on media and marketing. So, in fact, actually quite a bit 
could, you know, it does actually have quite a bit of, you know, an impact of, of jobs. In terms of like benchmarking where we were, where we are today, um, there, there was, was um, you know, some knowledge of things like chatbots, but uh, people didn't really seem to have great experiences with it. So there was nothing that, that people were uh, awed by. Um, in terms of like the quality, like is there great marketing that's been done? With uh, machines, no, th- there was almost like a general absence of people knowing. Uh, uh, like it, you know, there, there certainly were obviously some award winners at Can and uh, things like the ad that I highlighted from McCann, um, but um, those were not perceived as excellent. You know, they were they were perceived as cute or one offs. Um, I would say that, you know, outside of the survey, you know, we're starting to see industries that are kind of trend making industries like the fashion industry, um, where they literally have created, um, you know, artificial intelligent um, uh, influencers. Right. So like these characters mm-hmm. that, that sit on Instagram and literally are are like fictional human beings. Um, and, uh, you know, that's pretty freaking creative (laughs) as far as Mm -hmm. I can see. Uh, and that actually has, there, there also, I would say that the, the early breakthroughs that we're seeing, um, you know, there's some kind of stuff that we're seeing right now that people are shocked by, like the news today about the, the face, the Facebook, um, app that allows Mm. you to kind of age yourself or make yourself look young again. But, or um, there was, uh, you know, the, the 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 deep fake idea of like Joe Rogan and kind of having the, you know, the deep fake posts. But in reality, that kind of requires so much. It's not it's not true AI in any way. It's it's you know, it, it requires a lot of components, but it, it um, you know, it's very niche in a way um, yeah. in terms of like creativity. um you know, the question was like, can AI be creative? And um, I, I, well, I, I certainly don't want to call marketers Luddites. I, I would say that the vast majority of people that we surveyed earlier this year seemed to really think that creativity was still very much the bastion of humans. Hmm. So um, uh, there was not a sense that, um, a true thought could be kind of committed. So the idea that you could train something to do a great copy, but could you train something to be original? Um, even if you could train something to be original, would it be truly original or would it still be trained? And, you know, there's a, a quite a bit of philosophical writing about this topic, <laughs> but um, uh, as you can imagine, the biggest challenge that people kind of see is that we're in a weird stage now because we kind of leapt from uh, like like a world where we had ad networks and things like that. And, and uh, then we kind of moved into the programmatic space and the uh, importance of data became more and more relevant. Uh, that being said... Uh, the way that we package data, the way we structure it, cleanse it, is still um, 
quite primitive in a, in a, in a, in a macro sense. Um, there's not a lot of understanding of how it, so, you know, some data sources need to be updated on a very regular basis. Some don't have to be. There's, there's a lot of misunderstanding of how to structure the data. And if you don't structure the data correctly, and if you don't structure it, the data correctly at scale, then you're really not going to be able to move into machine learning. Like, so there, 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 I, I, I think that, you know, when, when we live in an era right now where, you know, in the last 18 months, we've seen IPG acquire Axiom, we've seen Publicis acquire Epsilon, we've seen Dentsu acquire Merkel. They're, these are large holding companies that are simply just waking up now to the fact that companies need to be thinking about a data strategy outside of providing, you know, the classic agency lip service to date. Um <laughs> And and so there there there's a lot of work that has to be done on the back end on the data um, to make it truly meaningful. And that seems to be a huge challenge. I mean, I, I see sometimes kind of like clever, um, cle- clever user interfaces for that are using kind of machine learning on social media. And I'll look at the results and the results will just be horrible because you just look at the data inputs Mm-hmm. are we're poor we're poorly thought through so it you know we're kind of at that funny stage um there's tremendous excitement about the space like exuberance um uh kind of uh but also i would say that that's matched with just a a level of of uh fear you know just kind of like mm-hmm. oh yep. well you know I, I I would say you know they 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 say that like if you argue with somebody uh, like about politics, no matter what, you'll end up the it, the conversation will ultimately end up with somebody calling the other person a Nazi at some point. You know if they you know if they're really angry with each other, and so mm-hmm. the the um, you know I think that what I find with the excitement of AI is that at some point, because people have so little understanding of the space, it ends up in a place of fear and a bleak view of the future. That's why I think, um, strangely enough, um, you know, we have not seen any um, optimistic views of AI uh, in art or in entertainment. It all always ends up badly, almost always. And so um, and I, and I, I think that probably kind of uh, parallels where we are. Um, there's a lot of concerns about things like ethics, certainly kind of um, uh, uh, you know racial bias, um, gender bias um, is something that people are starting to uh, think about. And um, you know there are some, very you know notorious examples of uh, AI systems. There's one that was built by Microsoft, where um, uh, essentially was a Twitter bot. Um, and after about a couple of hours, this Twitter bot that had been created by Microsoft was was a sexist, racist, you know. Uh, and learn from the wrong people. <laughs> and, and, and it, yeah, it, it, exactly. So again, to the point of, you know, AI is as good as the data that you put in it, right? So mm-hmm. I think we're kind of like still at that stage. Um, yeah. There was not a clear view on the future. 
So, you know, when I asked the question about how do you see a larger role for AI, um, uh, there's a sense that, that it will help them do their jobs better. Um, you know, it's, it's a fascinating one. I mean, I think probably one of the things that I find the most interesting and uh, apologies, Stefan, because I am talking a lot, but <laughs> when, when we think about um, work, I think, I think the thing that I'm kind of blown away right now is the impact that AI will have on work. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, you know, you just said, you know, we spoke earlier, you know, you have a, you have a, 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 a newborn uh, baby. Congratulations. Um, and it, as you watch your child, you know, your child will play. And that play is, in fact, actually probably one of the most complex ways someone can learn. That, that is the play is so important for a child because that is actually how they learn about the, you know, the world around them. Now, why that's relevant for what what I'm talking about now is what happens if all AI takes all of the kind of jobs that do all the all the crappy work that you and I had to do to move Mm -hmm. up in our careers. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when I called over to Germany and it was like, Stefan, we got to knock out, you know. (laughs) <laughs> uh, search campaign for H&M or whatever, right? You know, and we're, we're sitting there writing the copy and, you know, all that stuff is crap work and now it can be done much more efficiently with machine learning, but somehow the learning that you get from doing those, uh, those tasks is lost. I, I, you know, if, if that makes any sense. You know, so like, so, you know, um, so I think that, you know, there's a, in many respects, AI is great for people that know a lot, right? Because, you know, in many respects, we are the trainers. We are the people that can actually kind of manage it, but it's kind of horrible for young people and they don't even realize why, because it's literally going to take all the jobs that would be starter jobs. So then you say, well, then they'll work on more complicated stuff. But I'm not, I'm not convinced that there's the volume of, of complicated stuff yet. I'm not convinced that, I mean, I guess what I try to say is how you evolve your career and learn something is going to dramatically change. It, 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 you'll, you'll, you, will not, you will not start from kind of in the mailroom and move your way up. It's not going to be like well, that anymore. Yeah, that probably, I mean, that probably requires the, the younger generation and probably also the, the education institutions to look at where, where is the, where's the employment market going? What are the, what are the skills the yeah. future generation need to have in order to be successful, in order to overcome the fact that kind of the yeah, end of the it's, it's where... the nightmare. It's the nightmare of education. So I teach mm-hmm. at a, a school in Spain. It's a great. It's the their top. It's the top communications university in Spain, and um, they're 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 the best kids. They go run the top agencies and all the broadcasters over there. And I I I am amazed at how how hard it is to train them for the future, you know, because Mm -hmm. if you, if you think about it, just, 
um, just training the people on theory and training them on the basics is really, it takes a lot of time in and of itself. And then you kind of have to be at some point like, okay, everything we taught you is totally useless. You know, <laughs> here's, yeah. here's how it's really going to go. You need to, you know, you need to uh, kind of, you know, there, there's some people that are talking about some really crazy ideas. Uh, there's a guy at MIT who, ha- who wrote a paper last year about how, uh, he imagines a world where literally like your your newborn baby would grow up with like a like a like a like a twin but like mm-hmm. a like a like a partner for life in a way like a machine mm-hmm. learning that would learn alongside your child you know um i i, I think that we're just going to have to i i would imagine young people that are going to succeed in the short term are going to be the ones that um, are able to utilize AI in its kind of early generation, this 1.0, most effectively, right? That the one. So, so it, you know, if I I was meeting with a young woman yesterday who's trying to get a new job, and she was asking me kind of like where to go and what to focus on, and I was I said just that, you know, help people, mm-hmm. you know, be you know, go where uh, no one knows right now. Right. Make sure you are the best at that. In the same way that I think for in my career and, you know, I was the I was the first one of the first digital guys. Right. So it was, uh, you know, in a world where people were like, I don't know what a computer is. Right. So it's uh, um, and then the last area I looked at is really where do people begin and where do they start their learning and do they have any training in house? And um, there's literally no training programs on this inside companies, inside agencies to date. Um, there does seem to be, uh, McCann seems to be quite progressive in terms of um, trying to position themselves as, as, a, as a thought leader in the AI space. Um, mm-hmm. They produced a wonderful documentary that was released at, um, at Cannes this year that outlines all the areas of artificial intelligence and how it will impact the world, but it wasn't necessarily focused on how artificial intelligence impacts marketing. It was very much focused on just, you know, everything is going to change. And, 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 and I, and I would say kind of like, I'm, I don't think we're going to be in a world in, 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 in the immediate future where like we're subservient to machines or anything like that. But I do think that people will get left behind that don't understand this stuff, you know, and, and I think that, you know, this will be real, real, real. It's just really important that we do educate people. I think that probably there will be a level of, you know, there's a lot of software now that's been developed now. It's almost like that middle layer of um, that allows you to pull together code that allows people to do specific tasks in machine learning. And so it's getting simpler and simpler. There will be, there's going to be a lot of expectation that people will just know how to do a lot of that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So those are the things I looked at. So, I mean, honestly, I think broadly, actually, I think a lot of that is, is shocking in a way. I was shocked that there wasn't going to be more commonality in the definition. The, um, the arrogance in a way that it wasn't going to be able to impact the, do what they did was kind of uh, almost like a wonderful, you know, it's, it's kind of like people sitting on a beach before a tsunami, 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, you're like, you're all, you're all going to die unless you, unless you get off the freaking beach, like, and rest you know, start running. Yeah. Uh, if people want to get in touch, want to find out more about you, how can they do that? Um, sure. Uh, you know, you can always find me on LinkedIn, um, uh, or Twitter, but, uh, you know, the uh, others, you can always just email me at, at my funny, uh, name. That's very short, but very hard for people to remember somehow, which is Bant, B as in boy, A as in apple, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom at, uh, Canary, which is spelled Q as in queen, N as in Nancy, A as in apple, R as in rabbit. Y is in yellow.com. So bant at canary.com and I'll, 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 I'll be sure to get back to you. Bent, thank you for joining me on the Performance Delivered podcast and sharing your knowledge about artificial intelligence. In our next episode, you and I will talk about what type of agencies are more likely to adopt AI and why, and how agencies use AI to improve processes and deliver better results for their clients. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.